Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am here with Christy Brewer, who is a world and national record holder, as well as still chasing the senior American record. Uh, she's also a mom and a tremendous athlete, and I found out earlier today also an accountant. Uh, my name is Mark House, and Christy and I are going to be putting on a podcast called Women in Weightlifting, showcasing the 59 kilo women's weight category in anticipation of the uh, national championships in Detroit in June. So we're going to, over the next eight weeks, uh, be talking to the 10 athletes who are likely to be in the A session, or as many, at least as many of them as we can, and uh, trying to learn a little something about our athletes that compete at a high level in USAW. But the first athlete we're actually going to talk to is going to be my co-host herself, Christy Brewer, because she, in addition to <laughs> All of the other miraculous things that Christy pulls off <laughs> is still competing at uh, at the highest levels in USAW in the 59s, and in fact is one of only six athletes uh, in the United States um, in the 59 kilo women's category to put up over 200 kilo total. So, Christy, uh, thanks for co-hosting with me, and then of course thanks for joining me today. Yeah, I'm going to be the interviewee today. <laughs> Let's start with just the weightlifting stuff. How did you get into Olympic weightlifting? Because how well, how old are you now? So technically, I'm 39, but in the world of weightlifting, I'm 40. So I am no longer a baby master. Is what I call them. <laughs> yes. So you're actually, I, you're you're turning 40 this year, so you get to lift as a 40 to 45, or 40. Yeah. Yes, I must. Yep, 40 to 44. So yep. if you have you broken the world record yet in the in that age age group? I no, because I haven't lifted in the 40s, 40 plus group, not for the masters. So I have the records as a 59 and a 64 for the 35 weight class or 35 age group, but not 40. Because I haven't lifted yet. Right. So because you hold you hold the, the, the world record in in the 59 and 64s, right? And then you hold correct. Yep. Then the, obviously the national records because you hold the world records as well. And then it, on this on the senior side, you're still pushing that the clean and jerk record on the on to say on, which is still open up yeah. the standard. We'll come back to that because yep. that's going to be that's going to be an ongoing <laughs> theme over the next ten weeks. Um, that world record. But yeah. Let me, let me go the, let's go back to the original question. How, yep. did, how did you get into this? Yeah. So interestingly enough, there, so I'll try to make this as short as possible, but I was a collegiate athlete, quit college uh, or like graduated from college. And then there was about 10 years where I was a working professional. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was, after I graduated, I got my dream job. I was a CPA, worked my butt off, like literally to the ground. Then I had kids and life was insane. I did like, all I did was work kids and survive mode. My husband was also in medical school. And then there was a period where I really just wanted to lose the last pounds of baby weight because it's impossible. Um, and so I was also super busy. So I just started Googling like home gym workouts. What can you do at home? Like, no time. How do I get fit? <laughs> like just Googling whatever. And through that Google search, I found CrossFit right. in uh, 2014, 
2014, I decided to join a CrossFit gym because I found a Groupon um, that allowed me to afford the fee because CrossFit is super, like I was not used to that price range for a, a gym. Um, but it looked intriguing. And I had seen Valerie Bulbaril, who was a mom who also worked, but competed at the games. So to me, that was really intriguing to find a full-time working mother competing at a high level. Um, and granted, like I hadn't even walked into a gym yet. And so I walked into a gym. I was like immediately drank all the CrossFit Kool-Aid. I was games <laughs> bound, you know? Like, did, did you ever, like, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt you. No, I was just going to say like right out of the gate, I was games bound. So three months into, like I got graduated off ramp of the CrossFit journey got a private coach three months in because I was going to the game. And so I um, did CrossFit, but in my journey of wanting to go to the games, I was like, oh, like I should get separate coaches and decided to get a weightlifting coach because someone knew somebody. And that's essentially how it started. I uh, walked into the weightlifting gym and the coach just kept nagging me. He's like, you're built for weightlifting you move like a weightlifter, you should be a weightlifter and just kept nagging me. And so it only took about like a month. And I said, I can't do both. I, I want to be really good at something. I don't have time to do both of them. Like while I physically could and really wanted to this there's, here's my little one. Um, I just couldn't like, I really wanted to be good at good. And that required me to focus on one. And I preferred weightlifting. And I preferred weightlifting because I liked the methodology of the training. It was very meticulous. It's yeah. very monotonous. And I thrive in that. Like I'm an accountant. I love numbers. I love like, I need to know exactly what I'm training for where CrossFit was like, all right, let's train for everything. And then you're going to get to a competition and you're going to get something totally different. Ready, set, go. Oh, that's right. Cause at CrossFit, like the CrossFit games, they don't tell you what the events are actually going to be. No. So what are you like? You literally have to train everything under the sun and be good at everything. Um, and that was really hard for someone, for me, cause I just didn't have time to train at all. And so weightlifting, I was like, all right, snatching clean and jerk. I think I can, you know, like, I knew exactly what I was training for. I always was, and when I was going to a competition, it was always going to be snatching clean and jerk. Right, yeah, you know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to lift, the, you're going to do three snatches, you're going to do three clean and jerks. Yeah. That's it. You have a fairly fixed yeah. idea about what's going to happen <laughs> at any given event. Yeah, right. it was the first time I watched the CrossFit Games and I, I remember thinking, I'm like, how do you train for some of this stuff? You know, the- Insane. Yeah. Like they make special equipment for special events that you've never seen before. So did you ever compete at the CrossFit Games? So I ended up going competing in regionals. So I was in California at the time and I competed in the SoCal regionals in 2015 or 2014 and 2015 for team. Oh, cool. So, How'd yeah, you do? So, oh, we didn't go anywhere. Like... <laughs> I also only did CrossFit for a, a year right? Um, or 18 months. I did CrossFit for 18 months and I did, and I did two regionals at the team level, but 
No, we were not very good. So reflect back on one of the, your one something you said earlier that I didn't know. Um, you said you competed as a college athlete. What did you compete as? I'm a softball player. So I played shortstop and then outfield through, yeah, my entire youth was softball. So where'd, where'd you go to school? I actually went to school at BYU-Hawaii. Really? <laughs> yeah, nobody knows that really. <laughs> no, that's that's got to be one of the more random things I've ever heard. Um, yeah. Now, did you end up there on a softball scholarship or? or... Yeah, so both. I um, Academic scholarship and then um, athletic. And my sister was there because originally I was like, which is so funny. I'm an Idahoan. I love the mountains. And so I'm probably a rare person who would say, that was like, man, I don't actually, Hawaii wasn't high on my list, but my sister was there. So I went out there to play with her. So I actually played with my sister, um, collegiate ball. For oh, so she played softball for BYU too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. You guys are quite, quite the, quite the athletic family. Now, does she still, <laughs> does she weight lift or do anything like that now? Or is she, she actually, she broke her wrist. Um, and so she can't actually weight lift. But she, um, like, we just grew up as an athletic family. My dad, uh, we're all girls. And my dad, I think, wanted boys. And so we all play sports. We all, like, hunt and fish and are just very, very active. Not How, how many siblings do you have? We're four girls. And all four of you are just super athletic? And that's, yeah, I mean, that's just what we grew up. My oldest sister is the artsy one of, of us all. But the rest of us are, yeah. Sports are our jam. Cool. All right. So uh, we, let's kind of returning back to um, your, your career in weightlifting. So you go to the CrossFit regionals. It's a, it's a mediocre experience. Um, and so you switch over into, into Olympic weightlifting. Yep. And I was, so here's another thing. Like I decided I'm going to the Olympics and I thought that so here's what, when I looked at the numbers, because if you look at the Olympic numbers, um, I didn't realize there was this like whole qualification, qualification process. And so I just looked at the numbers in general and was like, oh, like I could totally beat out those countries. Like I'd be like 10th, like I'm just going right. to walk into this thing and I'm going to the Olympics in 2016, like right. 28. Like I just thought easy pizzy, lemon squeezy. I also totally thought that weightlifting was a strength sport and that I could just muscle my way through these lifts. No, 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 no. Like rude awakening <laughs> that this is highly technical and thousands of hours and thousands of reps um, just yeah, to learn I, how to pull to your <laughs> knees. <laughs> yeah, I have an athlete who she and her husband asked me, they were law students of mine and they asked me uh, if I could, if they could come up one afternoon and, and have me teach them how to lift. And I was yeah. like, I was like, I, I said, you can come to my house for a year and I'll teach you how to lift. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're not going to learn anything in an afternoon. Um, no, but you, no, but it's funny. You talk about the Olympic qualification process and you're like, Oh yeah, I could go lift X and be in the Olympics. And you don't pay any attention to the fact that there's a whole qualification yeah. regimen that you have to go through. And just because you can outlift someone at the Olympic Games doesn't mean you're going to go compete. Right. Like if maybe if I was South African or Australian or, you know, in a very different country, yeah. you know, like 
it, it just didn't occur to me this whole qualification process. And then when you think about it, America might like some countries would it would just be them and the entire taking up every single weight mm -hmm. class and category if there was no limits on who could go. And it's oh, just yeah. something you know, like what, you would just have a you know like the Chinese national events are some of the most competitive events in the world. Yeah, um, like RA session wouldn't even be qualified for in those sessions. I, I don't know if it's quite that bad, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've watched the, you know, the, the BNC team from China come lift at events and just destroy everybody. Yeah. Um, so for reference, yeah, I, my first international competition was the San Diego International Open and China came. I think it was their B team mm -hmm. and her total was 225. My total, and that's when I got my 200 total, and I was stoked for 200. Like, she's 225. I announced that session. and uh, <laughs> Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I, re I remember so distinctly you hitting a 200 kilo total. And we're going to mm -hmm. talk about that lift here in a minute. Well, yeah. And they just, it's it was incredible to train, like, in the training hall with them. Just the atmosphere of how they train as a team, how they move. Um, did you get to talk to any of them? Uh, the only time I talked to one is when I literally couldn't move the the squat rack onto the platform to squat. And so here I am like making a fool of myself. And one of them was like, oh, oh I, I'll help you. And I, I was like, thanks. I don't even, yeah, like super easy. And then I just felt like an idiot, like the rest of the session. <laughs> but and then on top of that, like they're just lifting so much. Like, I think that was the first experience where I felt like, oh my gosh, like, like so good. Um, like I'm, you have both feelings of like, holy crap, I'll, like that's demotivating and others on the same side, like that's, that's incredibly motivating to see what a human body can do. So well, yeah, and I mean, you know, wh whether you want to admit it or not, you're competing side by side with them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you placed at that event, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I took second. So to her. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because they had. I think that was the the group that had a couple of Australians in it. I mean, there were there was some other. Yeah. Foreign, yeah, I mean, there was other, na other nations represented, but yeah, I remember you lifted. You just lifted phenomenally well. Um, yeah, it was a good competition. Yeah, and I, I want I want to come back to to that the San Diego Open um, when we talk about kind of getting mentally prepared for a, a lift because that that particular clean and jerk that one fifteen I mean that was a I mean that was a big lift yeah so actually I mean we, why don't we cover that now so take me through this take me through the the San Diego Open I mean what when you're preparing for an event like that um, you know. What what are you what are you doing? How does how does how does prepping like day of what goes on? I mean, what's going through your head? What are you doing mentally, physically to get ready mm -hmm. to go compete? Yeah, so the day of I do because I'm water cutting. Um, I essentially like I'm just trying to make weight, and so much of my day is hanging out in the hotel room. Um, and it's a balance of totally distracting myself and then also mentally preparing myself um, because it can also be mentally exhausting when I'm just 
So I do a lot of visualizing of the lift, like every little movement, um, like how much weight is on the bar. 200 kilo total was very much a part of our plan that, that weightlifting competition, um, which is why like we didn't jump heavier than two, uh, 115 because I wanted to hit 200. Um, and that was that in hindsight. Yeah. Like that was very much like that was the goal for that competition was a 200 kilo total. And so when I hit my snatches were just okay. I only made two, um, because we wanted to make 87 or 88. Yeah. If I remember right, you took an 88, you tried 88, didn't you? No, I tried. I don't even remember. There's so many, they're all just like meshed together. Um, did I miss? I think I missed 87. Um, actually, really, whatever. So regardless, I knew after I hit an 85 kilo snatch that I could still hit a 200 kilo total. And so clean and jerks honestly felt so good that day. Like I um, could have went heavier. But again, we chose the 115 for the 200 kilo total. Yeah, because um, I mean, your second attempt, I mean, was a one was 112, and I mean, mm -hmm. and I, I just, I, and again, I'm I'm visualizing something that happened, you know, the over two years two, ago. Yeah, it was a long um, time ago. Uh, not, I guess not quite two years, 2019. But um, I mean, I remember the the second attempt just being silky smooth. I mean, just mm -hmm. just rock solid, and even the, and the 115 didn't look like. I mean, that, I mean, the the 115 is the one that we have in the picture. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah i mean that's a there you know you're, you're not you're not killing yourself with that <laughs> no like it felt so good and it's funny because then you walk off the platform and you're like dang it why didn't i go for more yeah. and i remember phil i specifically remember phil going like why not 118 or was it you i think it was some maybe it was you who was like very, why not i you know i think this i think this is where i came up to you afterwards and i'm like why not, why not, why not go for it all? I mean, yeah. and it didn't, it didn't dawn on me until I was reviewing your numbers today. And yeah. I was like, hmm, that was the, that was the competition you wanted to hit the 200 kilo total. Yep. Um, and that yeah. was, that is such a huge, huge benchmark as a 59. I mean, yeah. there are six of you in the country Which that is, have hit that. I did not know there was only six. That's not that many. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it's you, Taylor Turner, um, Sarah Beth Jumper, Jessica Lucero, of course, Hunter Elam, and then Kelly Wild. So, mm. you know, and, and so, yeah, it's just, it is literally just the six of you. Now there, there are 58s that did it before, but I don't, I don't have, I don't, I honestly, I don't have access to those anymore. Um, so yeah, and the 59s is just, there's six of you hmm. um, that have hit it on Very any kind of a, a, of an, you know, an, an official event. Yeah. So Very it's crazy. Um, so, but yeah, so, sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm wandering off topic a little bit. Um, back to kind of the, the day of, I mean, so you're, you're water cutting, you're, so you're in your hotel room, you're just kind of visualizing what's going on. And then I'm assuming you're, that it's kind of what you do until you go way in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of it is, yeah, that day of, and really the 24 hours, because once I cut my water, um, I pretty much just hang tight. I'm really become like a hermit in the sense of like, I'm just in my room. I'm not trying to burn any energy because I'm not drinking. And it's a lot of 
like I, I'll watch, I don't watch TV on a general basis. And so it's a time for me just to relax. So I'll watch TV just to totally tune the world out and not be on Instagram because that's like the worst place to be before a competition, in my opinion. Um, well, and so, I, mean, I think I know the answer, but I'm, why? Comparison, like you start seeing what other people do. You start second guessing yourself. So the focus really is, um, and very much my focus for this competition specific was me against me. Like I had a number, I knew I wanted to hit a 200 kilo total. Like that's up to me. No one can take that away from me. Someone else can hit, can hit a 200 kilo total and I can too. And so very much my focus for that competition and almost all of the competitions I go into now is me against me. Like what's my game plan? I'm going to stick with my game plan. And this is, you know, like what are my goals for this competition? And then I focus on me doing what I need to do. Um, and one interesting note for San Diego, most people don't know is that that summer, I almost quit weightlifting, like gave up the sport completely. Why? Um, I was super overwhelmed with mom life, honestly. I So 2018 is when I cut to 59 kilos. I became eligible for international competitions in 2018. And my goal was to make um, Pan Ams or Worlds, like a fun, USAW funded event. And, and, but I had to reach a certain total, like that total had already, like I was eligible to compete at um, bronze and silver, but I wanted to compete at gold. So I needed a certain total for the gold. And like, I just, um, I would come close, but not close enough. And um, summer rolled around in 2019 and I just felt really overwhelmed. The kids were with me all summer. Like they're not going to school because I usually train when they're at school. Right. So now I'm trying to train when they're at home or I'm trying to coordinate like play dates or like childcare. Um, again, because my child is autistic, like she cannot, she needs 24 hour care. Um, and so it became like this huge guilt trip of I'm sacrificing motherhood for like training and I really put so much pressure on myself. Um, and so that summer I like at, at the time Max was my coach and I was like, I literally like I, every time I go into training, it's just a terrible session. And so, yeah, I took a break. I was like, all right, I'm either going to take a break or I'm going to walk away from this sport completely. And during that break, I realized like, I genuinely love this sport. Like it, it's for me, I love it. And that's why I talk a lot about like juggling mom and training and that you really can be both. Like that's so much of my mantra is that you can pursue a dream for yourself and still be a great mother. Like it's not a if, or it can be a both and. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like when I came back, I was, there was so much more energy and that's like, I had two of my best competitions. There was 2019 masters world. And I, that was the first time I was grandmaster. Um, and then six weeks later, I got the 200 kilo total here. And so those are two of my best competitions coming back from literally taking like two months off of not touching a barbell. Well, yeah. I mean, getting that two months though, and getting back into 
letting your body rest up, let your mind rest up. Yeah. And, and you know, my, my wife, who is um, a dentist and functions at a very, very high level, struggled with that same thing when our kids were younger of, you know, you can do, you know, having your kids watch you do something at a very high level is not necessary. does not, not make you a bad parent. Right. Um, if you are pursuing your own dreams, I mean, you know, especially with girls, you're, you know, you're teaching them. It is okay to pursue your dreams. You have passion, yeah. you have desire, you know, you have things that you want to accomplish in life, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, and you mentioned that your, your, your youngest daughter is autistic. And I know we were talking about that um, kind of off camera earlier, but I mean, how do you, how do you balance that? <laughs> I mean, how, I, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not even asking that as an, as an, as an interview question. I'm asking that as, as a human being, I'm like, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Like I always tell people I don't balance. There truly is no balance. It is a straight up, um, like it's a juggling act. And there's a season of when I'm closer to competition, weightlifting will take more of a focus. And when I'm farther out from competition, then my kids will take more of a focus in the sense of like time. And when they are heavier sessions, I, I do seek help. Um, because she, um, when it's a lighter session, she can be in the gym with me and she can run around and I can focus through that. But when it's like, hey, mama's got to hit her, op like PR, not necessarily mom's got to hit PR, but mom's trying to hit some heavy lifts today and I really need to focus and I can't in the back of my head be worrying that you're going to burn my house down. Um, then I, there's points in my time where I do have to hire or like seek help. And that's been a biggest thing for me to realize that I can't do it all. Like it really does take a village for anyone to do anything. And I'm not talking like even just kids like yourself, no one's doing this journey alone. Um, we all truly have a tribe and then you add on kids and then you even add on a like neurodiverse child. My tribe is huge. Um, and asking for help is totally okay. Um, so yeah, it's a true juggle. I still struggle with it sometimes. Like, But in the end, I've had to realize that weightlifting is important to me. And that taking, like my time is worthy of my goals. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes per made perfect sense to me. So yeah, I mean, cause she's, you said she was eight years old? She's eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you're training light in the gym and, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you're, you're, you're just, you can literally just kind of go through the motions of lifting. But yeah, if you're trying to really focus and tune the rest of the world out, it's a little hard to do when yeah. distractions going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. And, you know, make a value. The other point that I think you made that I wanted to, you know, just kind of reinforce was, yeah, it does take a village. Yeah. It I mean, truly takes a village. And that, that, you know, Christine, that's one of the, things about the last year that I think has just been so damn hard on people is we removed the village. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, suddenly yep. it's, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't, cause I, I, I kind of get the impression you train by yourself most of the time. Uh, all the time. All the time. Okay. Yep. Yes. I've honestly been a garage gym athlete for forever because I've had kids. So the only reason, the only way I could get training in is, when either my kids were sleeping or they could be home running around. Um, 
because not all gyms are kids favorable or right. friendly. And so I've naturally gravitated towards training at home in my gym. So I've always been a grouse gym athlete, but being a remote athlete, um, actually most of my career. You know, so again, focusing on the, on the San Diego open only because I know that was such a great day for you. Um, you know, what, when you're going out onto the platform, okay, you've got, you know, you got one, one fifteen on the bar, which is more than you've ever listed, lifted in competition. And what is, what is going through your head as you take that, that final lift? And then I also want to talk about, you know, your warmups in the back room. I mean, you know, are you one of these isolated people who doesn't like to be bothered? Do you like, you know, do you chat to yeah. try to relax? I mean, what do you, who are you in the back room? Yeah, <laughs> I very much, again, it's this whole theme of me against me. And so my head is usually down. I prefer to not see anybody else lift because then I start either being like, oh, that looks good. Maybe I can do that. Or like, oh, that was terrible. Maybe I'm going to do that too. Or so the less I input, the better, the less I have to process. So for me, like up until I'm on that platform, I'm all about like talking to people and like chill. But then once I start lifting, it's very much like my head is down. I'm really only listening to my coach and I'm focused on like my lifts and my cues because there's so much, like there's a lot going on in those back rooms, especially when it's not COVID and there's a lot of people that can be back there. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I am around it enough that, you know, I realize that, you know, what goes on in the back rooms and you're right. It is, it is a, it is, it is a busy place if nothing else. Yeah. Um, so take me through, you know, take me through your opening snatch. So you go out, you know, you're, I call your name because <laughs> that's my job. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, Christy Brewer opening it, you know, whatever it is, 82 kilos, 85 kilos, whatever, whatever number you're going to open. Um, you've got your one minute on the clock. What are you doing? So for me, I like to, at one minute is when I like to be at the stairs. I have realized that I have a pretty long, like setup. And so I like to be like going up the stairs at a minute. Um, and like chalking up around like 45 seconds, getting my belt tight. And then as I approach the back of the platform, I like to stand on the back, like not on the platform is when I find my focal point. And so I'll think of the, or I'll find the focal point. And as I'm walking up and approaching the bar, I hone in on my like cues. And it really is this, visualizing as I'm approaching the bar, like me successfully completing this lift smooth. I'm hitting my positions. I very much feel, visually feel the weight and the movement um, before I even get to the bar. So then when I get to the bar, it is a, like, I know I'm going to make that lift. Right. I know before I even attempt it that I'm making that lift because I've made it. Um, and then it's breathe, like breathing and bracing are very essential in my setup where I need to 
like have a, I have a very static start and I need, um, the more, like I take it like an extra second to get tight before I pull, like I am not someone, I'm not a dynamic start person. I'm a very static start. Um, yeah, I can actually see it in my head. Yeah. I can see, I can see the bar <laughs> leaving the platform. I can see all of this as you're doing it. Cause I've watched you enough. Yeah. To see so, what you're talking about. Yep. And I have the exact same start. Like I know I grab, like I'm going to have, I don't know why, and I don't know where it started, but I've done it for years. Um, like I grab the bar and hook grip four times. So like one, two, three, four, and then I'll whoop, and then I'll get tight. Um, and it's on both my snatch and clean and jerk. So um, now is there, like, does the crowd distract you at all? Or is there, I mean, is there anything that distracts you? I don't at this point hear the crowd. I generally don't even hear my coach. Um, until I've actually cleaned it and then I'll hear him in between the lift, but I don't hear or see anyone at this point. Um, and again, I think that's also part of me being able to train with my kids is that I'm so used to constant movement. So I'm focused on my point and I don't see this as long as it continue continues to move. Um, it's not, it's like not even in my point of view or in my vision or my thoughts. Right. Yeah. It's just completely gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, so when you hit the, when you, when you go out for that 115, I mean, you know, this is the biggest lift of your career. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's, it puts you over 200 kilos. I mean, this, this is a big lift. Yeah. What, is, is there anything different or is it just the same mechanics? I mean, I mean, and what were you, what were you thinking? So 115, I, like in my head, I knew I had it. I had it already. I've also hit 115 numerous times. I okay. hit 115. Oh, God. I think the first time I hit it was in 2017. Like 115 was not a number that scared me. It was a number I knew I had. Um, and so from me, actually, like one of the things that I need to work on and improve upon is actually PRing on the platform. Um, I have not hit a PR on a, a, a number on a platform that I've not hit on a training platform. Really? Yet. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> I was just sounds- scrolling through your numbers and I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen 115 on the bar with you. Yeah. Um, so So I've hit 17 before this competition, I hit 117. Okay. Um, at home so like my PR like my PR total at home is 207 wow Jesus really yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> what what have you snatched at home 91 we're gonna have I mean it, <laughs> nationals is gonna be crazy oh man I, you know we can talk about this off camera, but I can't wait. I just cannot <laughs> wait to see yeah. I mean, the, the lifters that we're going to be talking to over the next, you know, eight weeks. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm actually trying to avoid specifically asking what everybody's capable of, because I don't know if you guys want to disclose what, you know, if you, I don't yeah, know. I think a lot of people keep it private, which is, I think it's kind of silly. Um, but I also respect it. Like, I think there's a lot of men, mental stuff behind it. Yeah. Um, and there's also a lot of gaming. 
And that's, well, to me again, like at the end of the day, it's me against me. Like yeah. I have, I know what numbers I can hit and I know what numbers I want to hit. And that's my game plan. So what you want to take is your game plan because I feel like you can get so lost in the numbers that you don't even reach your potential. So, yeah. I mean, but I, I guess I'm looking at it, you know, and, and I've, I've been watching, you know, the, I, I remember distinctly the 2018 American Open Series three in Vegas. And yep. like, okay. Numbers are going down. Somebody's going to clean, somebody's going to clean one, 119 and break this, you know, break this. Yep. Because you look at the, the talent that was in that, that was competing that night. I mean, it was just unreal. And yep. so the fact that that record still has not been broken is it's it's bothersome to me. <laughs> I'm super, I'm shocked that it hasn't been broken. I, I mean, that it's, it's so that competition, I, I opened, so the 2018 AO3 in Vegas, um, I opened at 110. I was the last person to open um with the highest yeah 110 which is we had i think it was maybe it was at 112 where we had like six minutes yes changes oh my gosh you remember that i hate 112 i hate 112 because everyone takes 112 but we had like six minutes of nobody lifting a weight because everybody was jockeying for position. And I want to say it was all around 112. Yeah. I, mean, I, may, I may be wrong because my memory is not perfect on, on stuff like no, that. No, there was uh, a, that I specifically remember 112. And that was, I believe that was national 2019. Because that's when I hit 214. So when I hit 214, at the time I hit, I hit gold that um, gold that meat, and that was the highest or the heaviest clean and jerk for the fifty nine kilos at the time. Was okay. twenty fourteen, and um, that's the meat that every like there was so much jockeying, there was so much time in between. Maybe okay, maybe I've just got my maybe I got my competitions wrong then, because I I mean I. I you know, but I've, I've been watching and I've, I'm afraid I've been predicting this for the last couple of years. Well, not the last couple of years, <laughs> last year. Um, yeah. But, well, actually, God, it is getting to be the last couple of years um, that somebody, you know, wait for somebody to hit this. But part of the problem is everybody wants to win the competition. And so, and nobody has a lift to give. You know, yeah. so you're not going to go take 118 when you need 116 to win, you know, the national championships because you want to win. I mean, yep. and so to, to run the risk of not breaking the record, I mean, Kelly, of course, just did 119 in the, in the, in the American Open yep. uh, online, but because it wasn't done, because it was done virtually, she doesn't get credit for the, for the record. Right. But, so we know she can do it. Um, yeah. You know, I've seen Taylor Turner with 120 on the bar. Yep. Um, I'm pretty well convinced that you could do 120 on any given day. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, this, and then Kelly got 119 didn't look hard for her. So I'm guessing uh -uh. 2122 for her. Yeah. Um, I and mean, there's honestly any, on any given day, I think you'd get a, ha a handful of 59s that could do 120. Yeah. It's just who's going to put it together on a platform when everyone's jockeying for the exact same numbers. Because in reality, you think about it, 
clean and jerk specifically, I think there's more disparity in the snatch, but clean and jerk, we're all pretty stacked mm-hmm. in the same numbers. Mm-hmm. And so we're all, if you have six to eight people all taking those same numbers. Well, there's, I mean, there, in reality, there's, there's basically four, maybe five that can, that are, that can push that 120 number. Well, now, person. now, especially that Lucero is not there. Yeah. Sarah Beth. Yeah. Um, with, yeah. With Sarah Beth and Jessica both gone um, <clears throat> and Kemi gone, um, cause she can clean and jerk a freight train yep. too on any given yep. day. Um, you know, with those three out, you know, the, 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 there's fewer, but you still have like you, Kelly, uh, Taylor, Shayla Moore, Shayla, those numbers on any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, I mean, I th- really think that's it because you get down to kind of the next, but that's next four. Group. You think four people, yeah. like that's more than a podium. Yeah, what well, if you had all of us hit over 118? Well, we all I, break the American record and one of them doesn't even podium, right. <laughs> well, then you throw in, throw in the, like, you know, kind of the, the Maddie Stanishevsky, who is our snatch expert, uh, our snatch oh, right, expert yeah. group. I mean, yeah. she posted a 97 off blocks a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, she actually, you know, she hasn't done it in, in competition, but I think she posted a 112 um, clean and jerk on, on Instagram the other day from the floor. So mm-hmm. she did like 91, 112. I mean, you know, she's putting up, I mean, if she snatches big enough on the front end and brings yep. up the lead, she can find herself with a, you know, a 112, 113 and still end up, you know, close to her on the podium. Yep. I mean, there's some, there's, it could be just wild, the number of things that can happen. And of course, you know, Taylor snatches big. Um, I don't know what you're snatching these days. We can talk about that a little bit too, but um, yeah, I mean, there's just some huge numbers that the 59s are able to put up. That's why that's actually, you know, the reason why I, I love the weight class so much, and in terms of why I wanted to do uh, the podcast, which we have you know, wandered way off topic of, of focusing on you, which I apologize for, um, <laughs> and just just talking generally about what where we're at. Um, so um, yeah, let's get we'll get back to you. You know, we can talk we can talk more about the rest of the stuff later. Um, so a cu- couple just like specific questions I want to ask everybody that we talk to. Um, you know, what you, let's start with the, uh, do you have any particular in, indulgences that you, that you, that you have? I mean, ice cream, burgers, <laughs> uh, you know, what, what do you, what do you do that you'd be like, all right, I, I'm, I'm taking the night off mentally and physically. What does Christy Brewer do? I, okay. Going back. I like a chocolate chip cookie or a sugar cookie. Those are like, those are my treats. Um, and then when I, I love a good chocolate chip cookie, like old school. Um, and when I'm cutting my indulgence is air pop popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's my saving grace. I eat so much air pop popcorn. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like what? 80 calories or some ridiculous thing. Yeah. And it has to be air pop. It can't even be from a bag. Like it has to be air pop so that there's no oil on it. All right, so chocolate chip cookies would be the big indulgence. What is your, what is your favorite lift? What is your least favorite lift? 
So my favorite list to compete is clean and jerk because I know I'm good at it. Like, yeah. I'm just going to say like, it's something, that. something that out right out of the gate has come naturally to me. And so right out of the gate, people were like, whoa. And I felt, whoa, like, that's cool. Like, it's always been a good number. I've honestly, six months into weightlifting, I broke a world record with the clean and jerk. And so it's just something that I know I'm going to do well with. So I'm confident in the clean and jerk. But the funny thing is I actually like to train the snatch um, most of the time because I think I see more progress. Right. Um, because it's, it's technically so hard for me. My brain doesn't, it has to process so much more, but I've also made such incredible progress in my tech, um, snatch technique. And so, and it's also lighter, like clean and jerk gets heavy fast. And you're like, Oh, this is going to be heavy. <laughs> like, I, I laugh because I always felt the same way. I'm like, you know, if I, if I snatch today, it ends. <laughs> at you know a, a reasonable weight and I, i'm not going to kill myself cleaning jerks is two extra warm-up sets i could just i mean i'm just you know th this is why i was never an, well one of the multitude of reasons why i was never an elite lifter but yeah i mean i, I get it snatching is just not it, it's not as draining <laughs> it's not as draining no like i could finish a snatch session and feel like i didn't train so then clean and jerks can literally like make you feel like death well, cleaning is just hard. I mean, it's a lot of work. And then what yeah, would, what's, what's your least favorite? And you can throw in accessories too. What is your least favorite like thing to do? What is your least favorite exercise to train? My least favorite is pull-ups. I surprisingly suck at pull-ups, but I love, love squats. Front squats particularly. I love front squats. They make me feel super, super strong. Mm -hmm. um, my front squat, and this is why I know that my technique is, there's a, huge disparity between my strength and my technique because I can triple front squat 133. Damn, really? Yeah. So mama needs to pick up her clean and jerk. <laughs> you can triples, do triples at 133? What's your, yeah. what's your PR? Do you have, do you have a, have you ever? My one it? rep is 145. Okay. Yeah, I doubt that. I think you could probably do more than that. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Damn, triples at 133? That's insane. Yeah, that just means I, like, I know if I can get under it, I can stand it up. I'm not worried about standing up anything I get under. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, if you can, I mean, you get that thing even remotely on your chest and you're going to come up with it. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah, I'll get something like this. That's my problem. And then I'll shimmy it up. And then I'll be like, all right, no lift. stay for a second. And then I'll stand up. Yeah, and then I get red lighted. I'm like, dang it. Like, no. <laughs> so have you ever have you ever been red lighted on a lift that you were like, that was a yeah. good <laughs> Yeah, I did that with 112. Um, I didn't touch, like my elbows didn't touch my knees, but it sunk so low. I don't yeah. know if that's what they saw. Um, so I did get red lighted on that and my jerk was so solid. So I literally shimmied it up to my chest, waited in the bottom, stood up, kind of like just waited, got my air kind of, like it's 112, it's not heavy. And then I was like, Okay, good jerk. You have to make this jerk. And I crushed the jerk. And they were like three red lights. I was so pissed. Yeah, that, that sucks. Because <laughs> you're like, I worked all that. I mean, if, oh, if, no. if, if you're going to get red lighted for an elbow touch, you want it to be while you're in the bottom before you've done I know. work. 
<laughs> well, and the worst thing is I, so it was a virtual competition. Uh, oh, it was okay. international. It was like the Colombian Open or something. And so I held it overhead for forever. I turned over to my like coach and I was like, do they sit down? Like, are they sitting down? I literally had a conversation with 112 over my head and it was such a solid jerk, but it was like no big deal. I should have just like turned sideways. Be like, in case everybody wants to see. I know. It's all good. It was bad. Anyway. Um, all right. Um, two last questions. What advice would you give to 10-year-old you? 10-year-old <laughs> me. Don't be in such a rush to get to the next step of life. Um, that ain't the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just such in a rush to grow up. I was in such a rush. Like when I was 25, I really just wanted to be 30. When I was 30, I really just wanted to be like successful in my career. Like I was in such a rush to get to like the next best thing that I really didn't enjoy the process. Yeah. Um, and that's even like a huge thing uh, with weightlifting. So I was eligible for international competitions in 2018. My first international competition was until 2019. Like, why, why did I not accept invites? I got multiple invites to bronze and silver qualifications. Those are huge. Those oh, are yeah, huge no events. Doubt. I trained my butt off to earn those opportunities and I didn't capitalize on them. Like that is a regret I have because like in my head and this story I heard and begin to told my, tell myself is that it's not good enough until it's gold level. Well, guess what? Like you're good enough now as you're still working towards the next level. So take this opportunity you have now because it's here as you're working towards the gold event. Because really like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a big goal, like take what you have now. So like, I'm, and that's why I almost didn't go to Rome because I had this, like that same thing was said, like, it's not a gold event. It's not worth the money. It's not worth the travel. And I eventually just had to tell myself like, no, 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 no. Like I earned this opportunity. It's a freaking incredible opportunity and I'm going to take it. And uh, looking back on that, that's one of the biggest highlights of my career um, was going to Rome and competing. Yeah, I got to go to um, got to go to London for the mm. or Co Coventry, England, for the um, British National Championships. They did that international event over there. Yeah, associated yep. that. so I got to go over and announce for it. And I mean, the athletes. It, it was just that that internet. The international competitions are so cool. They're so cool. And I was invited to those. And yeah. I literally kept saying, oh, yeah. no. Wish you'd, gone, wish you'd gone to England, man. It would have been fun. I know. We had a well, ball. I'm, I'm saying yes to opportunities now. I am a yes girl. Like, no more of this only only when I'm so-and-so. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, it's, it's, you make an interesting point, though, of, like, being in a huge rush to do the, the next thing and not living in the moment. And I'll tell you, I mean, if there's something I've learned over the over the over the last year, my wife and I were talking about this earlier. Just, you know, living in the moment is just so important. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, it's important to plan for every, you know, to plan your future and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, you got to take advantage of the things that 
as they come due, you know? Right. Um, the reality, like, you don't have control of the future. No. You could be putting in all the work, all the work necessary, and that future will never happen. Like, you saw with COVID, it, everything could take a turn. Um, and every, like, the older I get, too, I just, um, like, my parents are getting older. I have friends, like, friends, my friends are getting cancer. I have, like, my daughter lost one of her classmates literally last week um yeah it's been actually a really rough week (laughs) um but it just makes me realize that you really don't have control of the future and so if you're not enjoying where you are now you also really can't even enjoy the future because the future will always continue to be the future yeah Um, yeah so not to get deep or anything yeah i know it was a little little deeper (laughs) than what i anticipated getting (laughs) Um, okay, last last question. This is super, super important. Okay, so I want you to really put a lot of thought into it. All right. When Christy Brewer takes the platform for, like, the big lift, what song is playing? <laughs> so I'm, like, on the fence. There's two things I like. I love, like, a good old American classic. Like, when you know when you went to high school football games and it was, like, I have the tiger or, like, classic American songs like I love those I am old school American like I love those things but I also really love reggaeton and that's what I train to <laughs> um like reggaeton yeah like Latin music really <laughs> yeah. okay All right. um and I think it's because it has such a good beat yeah and I do speak Spanish but I essentially it's Spanglish now. And so I hear the beat, but I don't necessarily hear the words where with like American music, you start processing words. Mm. And so you lose focus on like the training. And so with like reggaeton, I can hear this like beat and this vibe, but my mind isn't necessarily thinking of the words. Yeah. I I, I can see that. (laughs) So, cause (laughs) <laughs> yeah we're 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 uh working on working on music but yeah, I, 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 I just find music. it really interesting they were like what people listen to when they train because like i listen to i mean i'll do classic rock or i do eminem yeah um, you know we'll have eminem just jam that's like our till i collapse is my heart like banner in the gym i mean that's like yeah. our, one of the big things so anyway christy thank you for uh Thank you for joining me today. And then, of course, we'll be joined. You and I will be joined by a variety of other people, hopefully on a, uh, a weekly basis for uh, in, in anticipation of the national championships in Detroit in late June. Um, but publishing these on YouTube and on our podcast, Women in Weightlifting. Um, and we will also be playing snippets of the interviews, hopefully everything goes well, snippets of the interviews during the, the 59 kilo sessions. Uh, leading up to the A session with all the athletes that we've interviewed. So anyway, I appreciate your time today and and thanks. And we will, uh, you and I will talk soon. Uh, 